0: Hey, what's going on? This is Cast Iron Kyle. Welcome to Podcast Iron. What's going on, everybody? Welcome. This is episode one of Podcast Iron. I am so glad that you are tuning in to listen. Uh, we have a lot of great things planned for for future episodes, but being that it's episode one, I wanted to break down what my plans are for this podcast, because there's so many different directions that I can go off in, and it's it's going to be tough to kind of to zone in on a few things, but I wanted to, to break down some of the segments that we're going to be focusing on. I want to break down some of the history of Cast Iron, uh, because there's so much to learn about the rich history of Cast Iron. I want to know... Um, what you guys what you guys want to know about identification. I want to be able to help you identify these cast iron skillets when you're out in the wild. I get a lot of DMs all the time saying, hey, here, I'm at a flea market. This is what I got right in front of me. What is it? I want you to be able to know what that is before you even DM me. I want to teach you guys what's worth buying and what's not. Some things are worth the restoration. Some things are not worth the restorations. So we're going to get into all of that down the road. I want to get into cooking, recipes. I want to get into how you can, uh, you know, uh, uh, restore and 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 maintain these these beautiful pieces. And I also am going to have a lot of guests. I'm going to have industry guests. I'm going to have beer people. I'm going to have wine people. I'm going to have chefs. I'm going to have content creators, hot sauce makers, everything, anything you can think in the food world. They're going to be here podcast iron i have an instagram page set up at podcast iron it's my backup page at cast iron kyle on instagram cast iron underscore kyle that is and i welcome everybody to message in sorry i just bumped the mic i I welcome everybody to message in i want your questions i want to know what you guys want to learn about because it is you that is driving all of this all of these questions all these dms all these these things i wake up to somebody saying hey what is this My grandmother had this. We cooked in this my whole life and now it's mine and I don't know what to do with it. I want those questions. So feel free to to DM them to me, to email them to me. I have an email tab on castironkyle.com or you can direct message me on Instagram. Um, I'm here with my producer, my brother, my best friend, Tyler. Um, Thank you very much for doing this with me. Uh, Is your microphone working? Let's see. It is. Hello. All right. There he is. Um. Tyler is going to be running the back end of the show. He's going to be running the board. He's going to be taking care of all the uh, I guess post post edit, I almost said post op like post production?
1: Yeah, Pre- post, and post pro- pro- yeah,
0: production? Post production. He's going to make it sound like I know what I'm doing, guys. That's that's the that's the real magic here. It's the smoke and mirrors of the show is right there, Tyler. <laughs> so, thank you very much for doing this, Tyler. You got it. Um, episode 1. Um, also I'm going to be periodically posting questions on my Instagram page that you guys can chime in on and I will be reading your questions and answering them. So, uh, look out for that on my story. Um, I posted an ask me anything, uh, few times. I did one last week and I did one actually today, the first day that we're filming or shooting. Um, and some of the questions are actually going to be better for future episodes. But one question I got was a really good question for episode one. How did you get into all of this? So that question has multiple layers, but we'll get into it. We'll dive right into it. So what got me into this was um, learning to cook. Uh, I lived with my grandfather for a while, uh, towards the end of his life, and I loved cooking for him. I learned about Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and all that stuff And I learned that You may lose your cognitive ability To know what's going on around you But you never really lose that sense Of taste so I said you know I want to make the last Few years of his life great by giving him Food that he knows And, and loves but I want to Cook it right so I Would watch these cooking shows on TV And it was always Julia Child Jacques Pepin Emerald. Uh, Gordon Ramsay and I his favorite meal I'll never forget was it was a pork chop with black eyed peas and he liked collard greens with mustard greens in them he was born and raised in Tennessee so all these southern recipes that were really hard to make um I learned to make them and I knew that I couldn't make them perfect for him unless I used cast iron so i would learn these recipes use vintage cast iron and on the other side of our family um my dad's mother was an antique buyer and seller she did she did a lot of work with dealers in the area she would go to auctions she would take me to um you know different different auctions and things like that and i would see these pieces like wow that's a that's a frying pan why is it selling for so high so it was so intriguing to me to learn what was valuable and what what wasn't in the cast iron world so those two worlds married together and also growing up, our, our mom uh, had us in the 4-H program and there was a whole gardening and cooking, you know, uh, section of the 4-H fair. And that really got me into cooking. And I learned a lot about, you know, how to do things right. And, and all, of it, all of it just came together and just was like, okay, this is cool. I I need to keep this alive so I've really just dedicated the last few years of my life to cast iron and here we are I guess is uh, am I am I going about that right like what do you think how's that answer
1: Hey man, it's your
0: life. I'm just
1: a I'm just a witness. <laughs> well, I mean, you've no, kind of no, been there a long way. No, boy. I remember you lived with our grandfather. You you were you took care of him till till uh, and then I think eventually you couldn't anymore. and Then we had to get a living nurse. Uh, yeah. but but uh, when you were there, you were you were his best friend. You were watching movies with him. You were watching TV, taking care of him, cooking for him, cleaning for him. You were you were his partner in crime for a long time, and I think that kind of shoved you into the realm of okay. I'm the one making food every day and that got you and and that was entertainment for you yeah. I think in a lot yep. of ways. And and I know you've always been I know that's always been a uh, a passion of yours but yeah. Mom didn't like it when you made her kitchen messy so oh, you didn't, she didn't So like you didn't it. <laughs> so so I just so made Poppy's the, kitchen messy. <laughs> the opportunities were few and far between. So it's real that's really when it started though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yes. Very much so.
0: Yep. When I when I lived with my grandfather, he didn't really have uh much along the lines of entertainment. He had normal basic cable and, and uh, his, his medication would wear out in the middle of the night and I'd have to put him back to sleep and I wasn't a very good sleeper so I'd be up it'd be like 1-2 in the morning I'd turn on PBS and they'd have like a rerun of Julia Child or something on mm-hmm. and she'd be making cool. something like man Poppy really would like that so our big adventure for the next day was the recipe that I wrote down that I would see on TV and we would go to ShopRite or, or Wegmans or whatever and get the ingredients and make this meal and that was the whole focus of our day you know what I mean? That was like the highlight of his life. I mean, when you're super retired and you can't do anything, food is pretty important. <laughs> you know, so I kind of focused in on that and I learned, hey, cast iron is the best way to do it. He's from Tennessee. Uh, Lodge Lodge was founded in Tennessee and keeps going in Tennessee. And that's a pretty, uh, pretty important part of our country that still uses cast iron in everyday cooking, as should everybody. So... We're going to get into all that. We're going to get into the nitty gritty about the history of all this. We're going to break down all of the identification factors that you can use to get the best cast iron into your kitchen. Um, and a lot of uh, user user uh, follower driven content as well. So what do you what do you think? What, what What's your vision with this cast iron podcast with me, Tyler? What do you think that we should be doing?
1: Uh well, we've kind of we kind of did some a little bit of planning for this. I mean, uh, first of all, this is not our first podcast. We did about 150 other episodes of another podcast, so we got a lot of practice. Yeah. So that sets the bar pretty high. And I probably shouldn't have said that, but uh, it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you should have said that. What's wrong with no, that? No, I'm just kidding. But uh, it didn't set I, the bar high. The it kind idea. of prepared us, dude. I. I there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, your followers that are tossing comments and DMs out there about questions that you've about things that you've posted the pans that you've sold and 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 caring for I think this is a really good way for you to reach back out and uh, really uh, give back really kick that nerve of all these people that like the idea of Cast iron cooking yeah. in that whole world, because like i 've said like if there 's a specific topic that you like, you can find a podcast on it, yeah, but you 'd be hard pressed to find one about cast iron, and this is a big growing industry, and, and this, yeah. is, this is a this is like a big this is like a big deal now it's like, a big it, movement yeah it's it's a uh, there 's a lot of people interested in it, so I think um, I think just just uh, talking about it and also like like put put myself in my position we 're going to be doing a, a lot of that like i 'm going to be in the position of the listener because I know nothing about this shit, which is mm-hmm. why. I'm recording everything and Kyle's just sitting here talking because that's how we make a podcast about cast iron is because one knows all about cast iron and I know how to podcast.
0: It's almost so, beneficial to the production that you don't <laughs> because you can almost be in the position of somebody that's- That's what I'm saying. You could be talking to me- Blank,
1: blank Teaching slain. me, right? Like right. if I went out and, and, I, and I put down the money for a good uh, a, a good uh, Griswold or Wagner or something pan that I will have for the rest of my life- Yeah. I'd like to know something about it, how to care for it, how right. to clean it, right. how to store it properly. And the company, tell me about where it came from, where the company, how the company was founded, how they yeah. make them, all that stuff is, is, is incredibly interesting, especially if I'm already mentally and financially invested in this, in this topic. So yeah, so let's expand. Let's, let's uh, pour some water on these seeds, man. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> speaking of seeds, um, I went and visited uh, Sauce Toberfest 2022 at Schaefer Farms in Flemington, New Jersey. They had, like, I'd say about a dozen or, you know, a little more than that hot sauce companies there. And it was so cool, dude. I was completely blown away with the amount of people that were... um, Actually following the page and like checking out what I'm doing and wanting to, hey, try this here, try that, try that. I really went there because I wanted to see uh, John from White House Station, which is one of my favorite hot sauce companies. One of the first hot sauce companies I ever got into. I've been a big fan of their their peach hot sauce. And uh, he was there. And I know that they had a collaboration with Conclave Brewing from Raritan. And they made this like peach habanero sauce. So I wanted to go check that out. Try it out. Uh, so it was cool to go see John, but there was also a couple other hot sauce companies that, um, remembered all the work that we did from full slice. So oh. they were like, Hey, we remember, you know, what <laughs> you guys did the giveaway with us. One of them was uh Jersey Barnfire. Yeah, I bought, I, I got a bunch of sauce from them, but one of the ones that they had was like a black garlic smoked bacon hot sauce, which was really good. Uh, that stood out. Um, the other one, there was a company there, uh, Hell's Kitchen Hot Sauce, which is like a chef-driven hot sauce company, which is like really unique ingredients, like a combination of stuff that was really cool to see. I uh, had a really good time testing all their stuff. I think I got five bottles of their things. Like, <laughs> I just, just so many different things. They have a truffle hot sauce. They had a... Coconut curry hot sauce. There's just so many different things I could see. Like, I could make a reel out of this. I could make a reel out of this. And the one that really blew me away was Spices of the Sun, their their sauce, Green Devil Dance. It was really good um, for, like, I could picture it being, like, a marinade on a chicken dish before you throw it on the grill or just, like, there's there's hot sauces that, that are for drizzling on top of foods, yes. There's, there's hot sauce that's incorporated into a recipe, yes. But this hot sauce just blew me away. I just loved it. And they were so happy to have me even try it. I'm like, no, I'm going to buy this. Like, this is really good stuff. I'm really impressed. So there were so many different companies there. I was blown away. Family Band Hot Sauce was there. They had a uh, ghost chipotle sauce, which I really liked because with ghost peppers, they're so hot. Sometimes it, like, masks the flavor of everything else because it's such an intense heat for somebody that doesn't have a developed palate. So... For them to, to capture the flavor of a ghost pepper without the intense heat, it's very hard to do. So I was very blown away by that. Really cool. Just a really neat event. They had a band. They had all kinds of food trucks and beer. It was, it was such a cool event. Uh, thanks to Shaver Farms and John from White House Station for putting that all together. It was a really great event. Um, this weekend... Uh, there, there is the New York City uh, Hot Sauce Expo. You're going to be hearing this after the event because of when we're posting this episode, but I'm thinking about maybe heading up there to go see uh, some of these other guys that will be up there, including uh, Aaron from Coney Island Hot Sauce. Oh, um, I remember Aaron. And he has uh, two hot sauces right now when he's uh, collaborating with the Trailer Park Boys. They got the Green Bastard and the Decent Sauce. It's very good. Uh, it's, the hot sauce community is really... Uh, hit all this cast iron stuff with open arms. So I'm, I'm really appreciative of everything that they're doing. So, I mean, it's also going to be covered uh, on this podcast, some of the content creation I do and kind of my method behind all of it. Uh, I recently uh, reached out to a small business and I said, Hey, do you want to work together? And they were interested, but then looked at my page and said, well, we don't really see a clear path with what you're doing. And I messaged back. I said, did you, did you look at my page? I mean, it's very, very clear what my, my vision is here. Um, but yeah. So if you're new to, uh, my, my Instagram page, uh, at cast iron underscore Kyle, I do a lot of cast iron driven content. I do a lot of recipes. I do a lot of, um, you know, like restoration before and afters, all that other thing. But I also really like to use trending audio to, make fun videos because it's my personal Instagram too, at the end of the day, you know what I mean? So there's people that like cats and cast iron. There's people that like funny reels and cast iron dogs and cast iron. So it was, it was kind of a a shocker for someone to say, you don't really have a clear path. So to clear up that from anybody that's, that may be on the fence about what I'm doing, I'm trying to just give you a place to maybe escape. Um, all of the the, you know, the crazy things in our world right now, and kind of focus on something fun, uh, you know, something you can enjoy yourself with. So, entertainment is very important to me. Like, I really like making uh, cast iron styled reels with trending audio. How I can put my own personal spin on things. So that is the clear path of my page. Um, also, I am very. I'm very open to communication. I love talking with my community. I love when people message me things and I I try to get back to everybody. Um, Every once in a while, I can't get back to everybody and I get the the follow-up DM Tyler of like, two question marks, three question marks. I'm like, come on. on. Oh shit. And I feel bad, but at the same time, like I'm one guy, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) this is all a one dude operation. So I'm trying to figure it all out. So if you message me and I don't get back to you, I'm very sorry. I I will try to, but I got this message from somebody that said, Hey, I really want to know uh, how I can date my skillet. And there's, there's a ton of different answers for that question. But one of the really important ways that you can identify a skillet is by how, like, fine and, like, precise the, the logo and the writing are. Because back in the day, uh, you're talking like the 1880s, they had what was called gate marked. Gate marked was literally a skillet that was casted from the backside. And if you look at the bottom of the skillet, it has a line where you can see where the molten metal was poured into. And they had no real identifying factors other than the number of what size the skillet was, uh-huh. which is like a size. See how that's gated? Like it has a straight line across it where it was casted. And yeah, then there's, they,
1: like a, there's like a straight slit right across yeah, here. Yep, and then the, you can tell. Yep. That's where and you see the eight. This is very this is very worn. This was
0: used That's a lot. 1880s, probably. Eighteen eighties? Yeah, yeah. One really? one spout on the side. Yeah, like cool, yeah. crafty looking handle, like 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 a nice, nice ergonomic feel to it and stuff like that. But there's no identifying factors. There's no way to tell who found who what foundry that, that was. Imprint. But see that eight right there? That's yes. another topic we're gonna get to. A size eight skillet doesn't mean eight inches. That is the biggest thing in the cast iron world. Just a size eight is ten and three quarters inches across. Huh? Yeah.
1: So eight isn't an eight inch pan.
0: No, there's nothing eight inches across about So, it. so, so where did the numbers come from then? Here, here's a tape measure. Did All they right. just
1: like make up
0: they, I don't know what it a I don't system? know what they decided to do, but I feel like it's like now, a, wait a minute, is a each number number? Is each
1: number different per manufacturer? That's company? Kinda unified. I mean if you take really? a Wagner
0: eight and a Griswold eight, I mean they're, we can do the we can same measure. size? A, a Griswold eight and a Wagner eight are only within an eighth inch of each other. And it's like ten and three Seriously? quarters, like ten and five sixteenths.
1: So you so if you so if you ask for an eight, you much or you, you more or less know what you're getting.
0: And that's what I get people saying, Hey man, I want a number twelve you want a number twelve, bro? You want a you want a number twelve? That bit, that thing's like fifteen inches across. Wow! So. What they really want is a size eight because it's almost eleven inches across. That's a good grilled cheese, good frittata, good. So that's a
1: really important like first step when you're buying a pan. The number doesn't mean how big it is. So when you ask for an eight, you're not getting an eight inch pan. What are you actually getting
0: there? You're getting about ten and three eighths, ten to ten and three eighths to ten and three quarters. So eight is
1: a pretty standard size frying pan. In other words,
0: so spout to end on this number eight because it's a gated eight. You're almost eleven inches, ten and three quarters, right there.
1: This is a a very standard frying pan for all the basic things you would do in a kitchen for a family
0: of four, for example. What I think it is, what I think it is, this is a great conversation because, like, take cars, for example. You have Mercedes, Ford, Chevy, GM back in the day. They all were like, all right, these are about the size wheels that we all need to work with, okay? You're not going to stand out with smaller wheels. We're not going to stand out with bigger wheels. Let's just unify all this shit our product will be a little different but people will know what they're going for when they ask for this product and I think that's what they did with the eights there's no literature on what that means like there's why no, they there's went no like with that.
1: cast iron uh, grab uh, declaration of
0: independence somewhere <laughs> grab that number five right in front of you that's an iron that's mountain here. which is made by oh, the Greg, other one. Yeah. Right, any either oh, one of them Same. It's here. pretty much the same so, so this, this is a number is pretty five pretty small yeah but it's not five inches no it's not so <laughs> spout to spout on a number five you're talking almost almost nine inches
1: well spout the spout, but as far as the actual like from edge to edge though, that eight you, that's your cooking surface is about eight inches. That's an
0: eight. Yeah, that's your eight inches. So
1: See, when I tell people, a five is an
0: eight, and a and, a nine <laughs> and an is eight a, is a ten and three quarters. Yeah. So pretty much, I I have this chart that I I pulled from on uh, online. Uh, to help people distinguish because they were like, yo, man, I need a 12, I need a 13, I need a 15. Are like, you bro, sure? Do you, do you know what the shipping's going to be on that, that sucker, bro? Like, that's going to be a badass price for So,
1: that. when someone comes up to you and throws just the number, not, not in inches, do you immediately come back with a confirmation? Mm-hmm. Like, do you, that is a 12-inch pan.
0: That, that is a 15-inch pan, are you sure? I literally have a DM from yesterday that says, hey, man, I need a number 12. I was like, do you know the measurement of a number 12 or do you know the measurement you need? Those are two different things. That's important. Or you could just Very say, important. Uh, a number 12 is a 15 inch pan. Is that what you needed? The guy <laughs> wrote back, he goes, well, it could be an 11 inch pan too. I'm like, okay, well, that that would be a number nine. Like 11 inch, a number nine is like 11 and a half ish. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he was like, oh, I didn't even know that. I was like, yeah, number 12 is yeah, like see, 14 that's so, across.
1: That's so important. From, that's but like it's like unified. Step one. That's it's not just that's Griswold. What's weird. That's what's weird. And, yes. and especially being that it was born in such a very old, like a long, long, long time ago. So it's like, what book was that
0: written? What meeting did they all have? But they, they must have all written letters to each other. Like fa- you had back in the same, I mean, around the, 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 the prime era of Griswold, you had Griswold, you had Wagner, you had Wapak, you had favorite Pequa. What's the time frame of that, by the way? <sighs> I mean, the, the like the 18 somethings. I mean, when it was all started was, you know, 1880s, 1885, 1890, like when Erie started really putting a logo on their product. But as far as like generic, like the the golden age of cast iron to me is the 20s.
1: 20s yeah, the, for, the forge,
0: the original the, right. the necessity. When they figured it
1: out. Yeah, you know, when they were figuring it. Not not when they were trying to make it a company. When they were trying to make a pan to cook dinner at night. You, that, you know that
0: that gate marked pan was yeah. during the era. Like we need to make a product so people can survive. Yeah, yeah. Versus a hundred yeah. years or um, not a hundred years, like thirty years later, being like, hey. We have a pretty good idea for a business model here. Yeah, let's just, just go yeah, with it.
1: That wasn't an idea for a business
0: right. model. That was for food. That was for survival. <laughs> Period. And this then, is for food. Like during the Industrial Revolution, I guess people were like, "Hey, we can really make a great product here and kind of unify it. Maybe maybe make this whole line of eight, nine, ten. Make people want to serialize what they own. And, and it, it had cool. to be some for like catalogs, right? Because like it you showed me, you showed me, you have it somewhere around
1: here, a really tiny sample pan or something they used to carry around, cast yes. iron little. The salesman. a salesman A salesman is not going to walk around with these pan. How, how much does a regular size pan weigh on average?
0: I would say... Like a
1: regular 9, uh, ten, 10 inch... Like at least like 15 pounds? 10, like, ten yeah, pounds? eight, 8 to, eight to 15 depending on So if you're on carrying around yeah. a, a whole range of sizes yeah, here, you're, you're talking about carrying about 100 pounds in it. Yeah. So you got these tiny little...
0: Yeah. You showed me. Salesman copies, yeah. And yep. they
1: had to have a catalog like nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, yep. at nine. Like, And they just like had it all in a catalog.
0: So it I had have, to have been something like that. I have the, the copies of all that, what they used to sell it for. It had to have been and, something like that. And it, it, it's cool because I think... To be to be a cast iron salesman in the in the 1920s must have been like really that must have been awesome. You you had to have in the roaring bad by the end of the day like <laughs> that pan right there that o, oh uh, that O'Brien Chicago pan right there in the middle that number eight oh yeah that was a a brand in Chicago in the 1920s they only lasted like maybe five or six years wow they didn't have salesman copies of that they drug that shit around that was a number eight right there that's a 11 inch pan or ten and three quarter inch pan, you had to drag that around and sell it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's right. But that's the thing. That's, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, or did they yep. just
1: walk around with a catalog, and be like, oh, you
0: want a twelve inch? All right, number eight, Mr. Johnson. <laughs> the 20, how are you doing today? Would you like to cook better food? Would you like to have a non stick pan in your kitchen? Here's here's the design for new Griswold, number eight. Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that how did that all come to be? And and everybody agreed, like Jeepers. Like. All these people that were in competition with each other, and not only that, Griswold. We'll get into this in the, the uh, history lesson uh, courses of uh, the Griswold. Gris- I think the Griswold history is going to be at least a s- five to six episode s- show. That's, that's six hours. Are you sure? There's so much there.
1: <laughs> There's a lot. Wow. There. So, well, that's good. That's that's what we were saying. It's good to know because it's going to be,
0: if you have I a mean, Griswold, you're going to want to hear this. This, this. this is pretty cool. Well, also, it's like. Like you think, okay, so you have a GM, General Motors. You have GMC. GMC trucks made Chevy trucks. Chevy trucks are almost identical to GMC trucks. Yeah, so why why do they do that? Cadillac is owned by GM. Pontiac was owned by GM. And they all used parts that GM made. So it was kind of like Griswold. Griswold owned Griswold, Victor, Puritan, Iron Mountain, Best Made, Good Health—all this, egg, all these skillets—the small businesses that said, "Hey, we can't afford a foundry. We'll give you a percentage of our sales if we can use your casting molds. Oh, if we can and use your factory, yes. use your equipment, right?" So that oh, so pin like that, that those fives right there, that's an iron mountain. See how the hand handle looks different? They tried mm-hmm. to do a little bit different thing. Just to show that but but it was made in the same facility. Right. But Griswold's like, hey man, if we're gonna be making your pants for you, a five is gonna measure our five because that's what Wagner's five is. Even though we're in competition. It's the same equipment. That's all that yeah. that's yeah. Yep. Because it doesn't benefit the consumer to have so, a different, a little weird, little different. So it's a quarter inch part, bigger. So you know? is that
1: part of why everybody has the same number size? I think
0: so. Ratio? I think it was to be sharing. able to. It was sharing molds. Isn't that nice? Not it. Not sharing. No, I, know, I would I say like, I, I think businesses had a, had a bigger respect for each other back in the day. Like, hey. Let they're, they're doing the same thing as us They're or, just trying to eat Or like, it's just one company sat out there and said Here's one, two, three, four, five And they were doing so yeah. well That another
1: company was like We need to make pants too And this is our five
0: Do you think that's why like cars don't have like a seven cylinder? Like they were like six cylinder, eight cylinder, ten cylinder, Lincoln 12 cylinder is that just because it needs to be an even number? I, I think so But also <laughs> it's like hey it'd be really difficult to be that different yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's yeah. I think that's a deciding because uh,
1: the the further down you go in the product supply chain you're mm-hmm. going to wind up coming across similar vendors and similar manufacturers of right. similar parts and and, yeah. and and sometimes you're limited to that kind of thing but so that
0: also makes a consumer say hey you're a five and you're a five let's see who's the better five well it's like and yeah but it's
1: like i mean it like i said when you go down the chain far enough like you yeah. can like uh, iphone screens can be made by lg well lg also makes phones too yeah, yep, same thing. It's like So you could end up with the same screen, but it's an iPhone. You know, just an example. I mean, that 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 stuff happens all the time. So it could maybe it spawned from that again because they're sharing molds, they're sharing resources. I want to feel
0: like it's I I want I, I in my heart like in my in my heart, <laughs> I want to feel like it was that they respected each other. But I can't see the Wagner family. There has to be a practicality thing to it somewhere that we're not seeing. Or somebody just copied somebody before patents were a thing and just be like, hey, these. Five. F- oh, five, five. Me, five, 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 too. Me, five, too. Yeah, yeah. me make five. Like, it's same before, thing. <laughs> so a
1: lot of these pans predate copywriting. Uh, Way law. before. So, copyright and there, was law. No,
0: there was no expedited shipping in the fucking 1880s. He's <laughs> so you know I mean? like, oh, we got an idea. We have an idea, too. Get your horse get your <laughs> call from Amazon yeah, yeah. one day shipping exactly yeah yeah that's another thing if you order a pan from me please do not expect one day shipping I got a DM the other day from somebody that said hey man I ordered my pan on Friday it's Tuesday where's my pan I give you a 7 to 10 business day window because you are not Amazon Prime I am not Amazon Prime I am a one guy <laughs> operation the guy's like well you could d- you could refund my money I said no I gave you a quote of 7 to 10 business days it's, you will get your pan before your 10 business days it's already out it's already going like what do you, what do you think this is (laughs) yeah you don't want to watch my stream i would like to take this opportunity to thank the people that have been um steady customers with me since the i i would call it the boom of my cast iron business since
1: you know anybody Uh
0: dude there's this guy hughes um he he's bought so much from me um uh, my buddy, this this guy Bogdan, he was one of the guys that um that got in on the charity I did when uh, I gave away the, the skillet. My friend Wade passed away. Yeah, Bogdan, his he's been a really good. Uh, he's he's an investor. He he sees these pieces for what they need to be seen as. Like this is a pan that is worth this much money, and it's going to be worth this much, if not more, down the road. Um, I'm really appreciative of it's just everybody I've had. Uh, um, I don't know how to pronounce your name, Nissa or Nissa. She's she's from uh, DC area. She drove up up to buy a a, a, a size t- uh, fourteen skillet that I bought in Lancaster and restored and put a lot of time into. Drove drove here to buy that from fucking Virginia, dude. Like that's cool. There's so many people that I've I've shipped skillets to almost all fifty states, and cool. everybody is so. I've I have not had one bad transaction. Nobody's returned anything. I've had maybe five or six pans break, but that was literally because. It was shipping. clearly mishandled. Yeah. And By carrier. Not, yeah. everything is is um, insured now. We learned that. Remember we had that conversation when the guy broke the pan. and I was asking you, like, what should I do? Like, how do I handle this? That's right. And I wound like, up refunding him and I sent him the money back and and he sent me the broken pan back and I used it in a reel and whatever. But I, w- I remember evaluating that whole scenario, like, hey, how can we avoid this? Yeah. And it was like, all right. For $4 more, I can insure this thing for the full price. So that if it way, shows up broken. You can claim it with US, uh, that four UPS bucks, or USPS. Four to, it's like 4 to 8 bucks depending on the price. These are heavy, going. clunky things, man. It's
1: Cardboard so is not going to help you much with these things. These things are heavy-weighted.
0: I've, I've learned from so. a few of the shippers. Uh, I want to shout out uh, my buddy Brian from the Cast Iron Community page on Facebook. I have learned from his shipping practices that pool noodles are awesome
1: oh on the handle uh, and around that. yeah that's, yep. that's i learned great. that from
0: him so i went to the dollar store i bought a bunch of pool noodles nice very cool very good guy there's some that the community of these people in the cast iron world i have learned are so kind with each other like everybody's willing to help each other everybody's willing to teach each other and it's it's just like i said there's no feast or famine there's enough of this for everybody
1: it's a shame when those pans break after all the time that they've spent <laughs> alive on earth. Um, how do you so when you're looking at a pan and you're looking at the marks and everything if I grab a Wagner and I like how it looks and I want to pick it up what do you look for first as far as markings to figure out like is there a sweet spot in 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 age where it's like oh that's a that's a old that's a new
0: one I don't want it like what's a sweet spot in age and how do you identify it? So with Wagner we'll go with Wagner with your question. So Wagner was founded in 1889, I want to say, or 1886, one of the two. I can't remember all this stuff. All right. But they originally were uh, Sydney, in Sydney, Ohio, not Australia. I get that DM all the time. Hey, I got a pan from Australia. What do I do with it? It's S-I-D. It's S-Y-D for Australia, by the way. S-I-D, N-E-Y, is is from Ohio. It's Wagner, Sydney. So, Wagner... Uh, so Sydney Foundry started there's very little little literature and little history notations on the Sydney Foundry but the Oldest Sydney skillets are hand scribed and they're like cursive looking. Like as far really as cool. the logo being on Yeah, the with the size hand scribed on the bottom. So the but word Sydney is a highlight to you. If you if, see that, grab it. If you see a it. pan that just says Sydney on it grab and a it. number, grab it. If it's not cracked, Wagner, or bo- Sydney go as well, I it. imagine. Yeah. So Wagner bought the Sydney Foundry and that's where they started making their skillets. So any pan that says Wagnerware, Sydney with a zero on it, and that's the O for Ohio pretty yeah. much. That's that's in my opinion like the good era of Wagner pants. Also, a a little prior to that, they had a heat ring around the Wagner. It just said Wagnerware or just said Wagner. Said Sydney National also was a branch off of, uh, you know, uh, Wagner acquired them. Um, I, I consider National as Wagner just because. They acquired all of their molds and stuff like that, but I think the the the, the prime era of Wagner was when it said Wagnerware Sydney Zero. That is a good solid user. You could take it camping. You could use it in your kitchen every single yeah, day. Yeah, looks like what's that? Like an eight inch? This is a this is a number six. Nine so inch? yeah, that's that's about eight and a half.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a perfect size for for your standard, and also
0: yeah, uh, travel. Yeah, this is this is a good. Yeah, it's about nine inches, I'd say. So about, for yeah, Wagner specifically,
1: people. I mean, for somebody to just take all this knowledge with them and then go picking is a little bit. Of, uh, that's a lot to take in, but for example, the Wagner. If you're looking at a Wagner and uh, it doesn't say uh, Sydney on it,
0: that's too new. That that there. That's what that's I was going to say way if it doesn't too say new.
1: Sydney on it, then it's okay to pass it up. If it's right. super cheap and you just need a pen, go grab yeah. it maybe. But if you're looking to. To pick right. in order to invest in something quality that you have forever, right. it's got to have Sydney on it. Yeah,
0: in the late 50s, Wagner okay. actually bought Griswold and they tried to keep going with the, the Griswold logo and all that. And uh, in the community, we call them Wiswolds because it's actually like a Wagner Griswold. <laughs> Wiswolds. Um, yeah. So. If you're if your Wagner just says Wagnerware with one big W on Wagnerware but doesn't have the Sydney under it, you're yeah, Wagner, going a little
1: too late. Wagnerware is sharing the W I see there. Yeah, yeah, but it
0: has the Sydney zero and it has the casting number. And the D see it's how it's got it, like
1: a it's got a Walt Disney W kind yeah, of look yep. to it.
0: Yeah. And see how it has the the molding number for a number six is ten fifty six. Okay, but see the D there? Ten five ten zero five six D? It says? Yeah, ten fifty six D. D oh. is they would do a hundred or 500, however many hundred thousands or whatever in D. And then they'd say, "Up oh, next run is E, F, G, H, I, J. You know what I mean? They would just, that was. That, was this so that they could like document like what, like the. How many they, had, they made. How many just, they made, from, how that, many uh, they made. Yep. from that line or yep. whatever. All right, guys, we're going to switch it over. We're going to start the E line today. Boop, boop, boop. And then they do X amount, whatever. I so, think that was just a quality control thing. I
1: was going to say it must be quality control because they'll do that with like paint. Yeah. Yep. That'll right. Get, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like how, like when they mix up the certain materials, like it'll be a different. It'll be slightly different in, as far as the the way the the material it's made out of. It, it's not going to be an exact composition the next time. Right. So. Let's just mark it accordingly. And then we know, oh, well, that batch didn't work.
0: <laughs> I think it's, it's also like as far as the quality control aspect, like if there was a kind of a defect or any kind so of So what like, was the number again? That was 1056 is it? six and, and a
1: 1056. And what is
0: 1056? What is that? Number that's the just their, their casting that's number. Their, that's the that's, number.
1: Oh, that's the that is the mold.
0: Like your VIN number on your car? What the hell does that mean? I don't know. It just identifies your car. It identifies the pan. That was just their mold that they used. Hey, we're gonna run. What the mold did we use just now, the ten fifty six? Right, right. Exactly. Same thing. It doesn't mean anything. It literally is what we'll run, like,
1: that was D. Like for Griswold yeah. with the
0: with the Iron Mountain Five, it's They're a ten 10-30. yeah, thirty. And that's the all, same because it's the same cast. And it's, it's the same mold,
1: rather. You can you can There's get a hundred
0: of them. They all say ten thirty
1: on it. Yeah. Okay, so that's literally what that means, is that's the that's the so that would help you identify the manufacturer and what mold and size. Yep. And if, you, if there was a way to look it up, I'm sure there are books and resources oh, absolutely. online. There's
0: a ton of books. There's one actually. If you go to castironkyle.com, so, there's an Amazon link. My recommended products. There's a Griswold and Wagner identification book and price nice. guide. You can definitely find a lot of info. See, on See, that's
1: perfect. You can carry it around with you if it's a small enough Dude, little book. But see a ten, See just the serial number. That's very important. You can yes. learn the manufacturer, the size, yep. and and maybe even when it was. Made just based off the serial number. So here's another. That's great.
0: Here's another example. We'll do while we're uh, talking here. Uh, this is a, a Wagner square skillet. Yeah. So it's like a. Bake some eggs and bacon yeah, in that one. Just boy. a square. It's a twelve eighteen is the casting number on that, and that's an yeah. A. So it's one of the first ones they made. But as you can see, wow. When when. The the writing on the skillets got more straight and perfect and more unified and like really really tight. Like, see how nice that says square skillet. That's, you can tell that's not an eighteen. That's more modern technology it's not a 1920s doing that one. Yeah. Thing. you can get you 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 will build up an idea as to the age of these skillets by how they look and what they say on them and stuff like that. And you could look at it and say, Wow, that's really. That's really. Uh, There's a couple Wagnerware really Sydney's
1: on the wall that are much that you can tell are like they're not they're not made with like a a, a tiny little press or no, something like not. that. It's like, not yeah, a you quick can tell. In and so out so thing. that so that's something. Just develop the eye for looking at some something scribed on a pan that like well that that just looks old, man. That is not like a you know the the, the tight little serial number that's easy, obviously stamped in stuff like that will help you identify as far as when something was made. That's that's. Pretty useful, or oh, you're grabbing something else now. Uh, for, for those of you not sure, we're actually in the lair right now. We are in the cast iron Kyle lair here, where he where he uh, works on all the pans, where he stores a lot of his pans. We're, we're having a shop night. Where he, uh, yeah, it's the shop night here. This is this is uh this is where all the magic happens here. So he's as we're talking, he's running around grabbing all this stuff here. But anyway,
0: so here, so so another defining factor in Griswold. See how how different that logo looks from this. See how that looks like somebody else is trying to make it. It almost, yeah, what's up with that? It doesn't it look different? It, so we're talking about small logos right now. We're talking about how what Griswold's logo looked like after uh, Wagner acquired them. See how it looks almost like they when, when there was no shared information when they're like, "All right, you want to acquire our name? Here's our name. Here's all of our stuff." What? Whatever. Oh, the
1: fonts different. In yeah, the, in the word look Griswold, how tight the font it is. is different. And on the old
0: one, it looks more Times New
1: Romany with the with the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the letters have the lines on right. them at the beginning and end of the strokes of the on the uh, on the letters. There, you have like the lines come out of it. it. Looks more old times,
0: new Roman, like New York Times style font. But it looks half assy almost. Like they just like oh, we're just gonna put Griswold on this and try and sell it. I see what you're saying. Yes, so yes, this, I
1: do. I do see what you're saying. This is
0: a post Wagner acquisition pan of Griswold. So after Wagner bought Griswold out in 1957, don't quote me. 1957, I think it is. So just because the logo is slightly off, you can look at that and go oh that's a wagner yeah it's a a wiswold but it's a wiswold but 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 there's an a on that so that's an early acquisition that was still when griswold was still consulting wagner on how they did things so i could see that and be like all right griswold still had their their hands in this
1: so it still could be it's still a a decent pan yeah 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 yep interesting so So there's a lot of different ways to identify not even just like how old the pan is but like who made it and when and Yep. All kinds of stuff, not
0: just serial numbers and things like we'll that. We'll get into yeah. the manufacturing and the machining and all that. The swirls, all that. In there. Sure. I just have a couple here in the shop that I'm trying to get together to put, to put together a a set or something like that. Every once in a while, I'll do three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, and you do, you'll do and, the post on on yeah, Instagram and yep. snatch them up if you're lucky yep. enough as a as a follower. I'm lucky enough to find any any stuff. You know, it's it getting inventory is very tough these days because there's a lot of guys that are doing it. There's so many people that I I look up to in this industry. Um, that I've learned from and as far as social media and and small business goes. So, um, I also think, I don't know how to say this. Um, there, there are people that collect these pans and they don't ever do anything with them. And I have my feeling you can, you are allowed to do whatever you want in this world. I am not in a position to tell you what to do, but I think hoarding these things is not like, like not a good thing because I think they need to be used I think they they deserve to be used they're, they're this old they've existed this long on the planet they need the respect and use stacking them up just makes me sad you know what I mean I see people that are like oh dude I'm saving all these for down the road like no dude why
1: yeah it's gonna end up just like your beanie babies you putting your kids through college with yes. that
0: yes no no it, no I mean their they're value don't get me wrong there's, there's, yeah, no, there's but, value there but it's just like why? Why hoard something that people could cook in? You ever? I have a couple friends that are like, "Hey, man, I don't really understand this whole cast iron thing. Like, if you want to get together, like, I'd love to to get into it and like like check it out, like, see what it's all about." And I'll cook a steak or something for them or whatever we make, and and they're like, okay, uh, yeah, I'll 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 take this one. Like, is this one for sale? Like, literally, like, turns them on right away to buying a a pan. Yeah, I think. That educating people on how to use them and getting them out the door. Like, don't, don't, I don't want to hoard them. I don't, I don't. I don't like that. I In somebody, my personal collection, I only have like 10
1: pans. I don't keep them. No, no, you're moving them. You're you're, ah, you're, you're breathing new out. life into them so that people can use them and appreciate them. But yep, like somebody yep. to me who's on the outside who never even thought about cast iron pans, uh, like uh, let's say I... Um, yeah, what
0: would you... What questions I'm lo- I'm, moving in,
1: I'm moving into a house for the first time and I need something to cook on. The first thing that comes to my mind is, oh, let me get a good uh, nonstick cookware set from Kohl's. Yeah. That's what I would do. Uh, and it's like, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that because you need to uh, another episode topic: uh, uh, prepping, curing, and and maintaining and clean properly cleaning a pan, right? Right. And and, and as long as you adhere to those steps, um, you don't need to worry about something being non-stick or not. No. It will no. be non-stick as long as it's taken care of properly. And
0: we'll get into even, that. Even
1: even much more even cooking surfaces, I imagine as well. Yep. Right. I mean, much more than
0: like a retaining aluminum pan that has Emeril Lagasse's name on it. right now emerald so emerald did a couple things emerald made his own cast iron pan which
1: oh that's different but i'm talking about just like some random thing where he right i know what you mean or anybody's name just slapped right on it like it's it's just not the same but somebody like me who's not giving much thought to it and then i wind up angry because my bacon's not cooked right or something yeah it doesn't look how
0: it does on why does it look like it does on instagram so the average so speaking about like consumer behavior the average person replaces their teflon or quote-unquote nonstick. Uh, pan set once every five to seven years. And the average set costs around 180 to $200. Mm-hmm. So if you think about how old you are, okay, when you move out and you buy a house, you're in, you know, I mean, your thirties, mid thirties, maybe at, at, at Let's say latest. 30 for math. You go until you're, you know, in your eighties, that's 50 years. You're going to replace your cooking. If you're using a, a set that needs to replace every five to seven years, you're going to replace that at least six times six yeah. to seven why? times why, why? that's exactly right why and it can't be recycled properly there's a whole process to it and and that whole when you start getting to the end of that five seven years it mm. looks disgusting
1: and there's parts the, the, the thing starts flaking off the the non-stick is starting to flake off in there which which is happening not to, some to like pans.
0: not to like freak anyone out but like that nonstick stuff like if that breaks off and gets into your system your body can't process that no most of the time that winds up being in you and i'm not saying any i am not a doctor i am not any any mini- medical standpoint but i like my body to not have foreign material in it i and think that's why they make a big thing like oh don't use a
1: metal fork on your pan why oh because you're gonna scratch off yeah, the exactly. non-stick surface right. what
0: yeah dude that's the same thing with soap you don't have like, to worry about that we'll with have cast iron. we are going to have a whole entire episode with scientists We'll we'll hold the name. A scientist. A scientist as to why soap is not a good thing for cast iron, and I get the DMs all the time. That's a a whole episode of itself. Oil is polymerized into the cast iron. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's a scientific process of oil breaking down into the pores of the cast iron, being polymerized. Yes, fine. The argument is that soap is okay to use now because it doesn't contain lye. Yes, that's true as well. But also, what is soap? Something I don't want to fucking eat. Yeah, you don't. Why would I want my pan? My pan
1: has pores, remember? Right. So so these pores are going to absorb this gross
0: taste? No. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why. Number one, soap is not food. I don't want it in something I make food in. And what is the number one way? The number one way since the dawn of time to get rid of any kind of a germ? Heat. Fire. Burning. I was gonna say hit it over the
1: ro- over with a rock in the river.
0: Boiling Damn. water.
1: You know what I mean? Like hot. That's close.
0: Fire. Yes. Yes. So if yes. you if you are concerned with germs on your cast iron pan, you take a stainless steel wool Brillo pad. And you scrape away all the food particles, get it nice and smooth. Rub a little oil on it, and put it back on your stove and heat it up until it polymerizes back into your pan. You don't yeah. need to involve soap. There's now, no need to involve it.
1: Something that I thought of, and I don't know if this is true or not. I'm just thinking about what what uh, happens to oil when it gets hit with dish soap, is it dissolves it and breaks it down? So when well, that polymerized,
0: it, it doesn't because oh. it's it's a chemical reaction where the oil actually. Bonds to with the metal. The, okay. But so there as far is, as the
1: nonstick cooking surface that's created with the oil and the polymerization, correct. But that there's wouldn't also that. Okay. Because it I,
0: wouldn't affect the polymerized oil, but there's also surface oil because, like the, yeah. the number one rule I tell somebody: if you have a pan that's down to bare metal and it's not rusted or anything like that, you want to season that thing. Cook a pound of bacon in that some bitch, okay? Because you're gonna get you're gonna get the bacon fat polymerized into the pan, but you're also gonna have this nice oil on the outside that's going to prevent any kind of oxidization, which is a fancy word for rust. And everybody has to keep in mind that cast iron is one solid piece of metal. The back, the front, the top, the handle, the back of the handle, the underside of the panel handle, it's all one piece of metal. And that handle will not get hot enough for you to polymerize any oil on it. So you just rub whatever oil you're cooking on the rest of it and just leave it there. It will not heat up. But no food's touching that so you don't have to worry about it getting to the level in which the, the surface that's cooking your food is getting to you know I what i mean you. you're you're yeah. just you're you're handling that there's no germs if if the handle of your pan doesn't it, it, how do i say this do you do, how many people that have teflon right now wash the handle of their pan unless they put the whole thing in the dishwasher i mean if it gets dirty with food possibly you just but wipe it off
1: yeah you wash you it just wipe you don't know, yeah. sit there and you can like, wash grab that it, part grab a soap. yeah
0: that's fine i'm cool with people using soap on every part of the cast iron except the part that you cook on Yeah. So a question about that. Um, Okay.
1: Like uh, when I want a good flavor of a certain food or something, uh, the grill. The Mm. grill is great for getting some some real good flavor on some chicken or some hot dogs and burgers and stuff because of – the leftover microscopic or or not or it's very visible uh, oils and greases and stuff that's left on the grill that give it that I mean all you gotta do is preheat a grill and you're gonna start smelling a grill smell it's gonna make you hungry right and is there something to be said about a cast iron cooking surface absorbing all these different mixes of foods over the years yeah, yeah. that you've cooked on and then as soon as you heat that up it just hits some kind of it makes some kind of unique flavor that you'll only be able to get from that pan every time even if you cook right. in a different pan in the same house
0: just because also because of the heat retention that a cast iron pan has also how evenly you'll be able to cook things but also yeah you're right yeah that oil cool. so your pan doesn't soak up like Salty no, water from a burger. It doesn't I meant more soak like the, up like the smoke or something, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, the the oil is what is actually the chemical reaction to this. Because yeah. if you look at cast iron under a microscope, it literally looks like a kitchen sponge. Okay. So it's porous, right? So when oil soaks into your cast iron, what is the chemical reaction of oil and anything liquid the water goes up Separates. to the top it yeah. goes it pushes it away so the oil being in the cast iron pushes everything else away but the oil so my result or my result the result my uh, my advice for anybody trying to achieve that non-stick surface is just keep cooking just keep cooking make bacon cook eggs use butter use use use, it. Oil. use it. Use just, it, use it, use it. And I'm not telling you to over-oil your recipes. I'm not telling you to cook fatty foods, but I'm telling you these pans, there's, there's a system. They like it. And once it. you get to that sweet spot, it's foolproof. Makes sense. I have I have yeah. customers that have had pans for, for years, and literally they just say, hey, man, I just made a, a pound of bacon, I made a dozen eggs, I made hash browns, and I toasted all my bread in this pan, and all I did was wipe it out. And Good. I said, congratulations, you have achieved... The top level of cast iron ownership. Of cast iron seasoning. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yep. And that's what it is. These are. This is not. It's not rocket science. It's yeah, very easy gotcha. to get there. It makes
1: a lot of sense again. Like, is when I think about the grill thing. Like, as soon as it's hit with heat, you hit this. You get the smell of it and everything. And and not yeah. that not that you're going to exactly get like oh I'm smelling eggs again or bacon again. But right. there's there's something on the molecular level that's going to make it well, taste a yeah. little bit different than if you were to just stick it on a non, any any non non stick cooking pan of yours. Yeah. So that's something to dive into in a later episode for Absolutely. sure. Is, is how that all goes. And again the uh, the cleaning and the prep and 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 the curing as it's called I think of the the pan so the maintenance is, the is maintenance gonna be a whole episode yeah, why yeah. don't we
0: do episode two is maintenance of your pan before we get into what they are and how to identify them why don't we have yeah if you like, have one listen to this yeah here go. yeah, yeah, yeah. episode two is just going to start off as maintenance episode two maintenance, maintenance of your pan okay so if you are a listener of this podcast you will be um at a point where I hope you own at least one gas iron, whether it's a new lodge, whether it's a mainstays from Walmart, whether it's a Iron Mountain that your grandmother left, or maybe it's an Erie that your great-grandmother left. Yeah, maybe you were
1: lucky enough maybe. to uh, get a pen from Carl himself. And, yeah, <laughs> hey. also Maybe you yeah. got
0: one, and now yep. now I want to learn about it, man. Yep. That's what I would do. Dude, I get so much joy, like, just to, like, go on a side side street here. When somebody makes a meal in a cast iron, like, somebody sent me a, a tag the other day. It was, they cooked uh, duck breast in one, and they had, like, roasted asparagus in the other. And I remember those two pans that they had. Like, I remember putting the time in and restoring them and, like, how perfect I wanted them to be. And I remember posting them and, like, making this nice, like, articulate picture of this cooking service. It's just so. And then just turn around, and be like, "I just made a kick-ass meal." Thank you. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, I sold. I've sold pants to people in Manhattan on like the ninetieth floor, like the penthouse suite. Like, and <laughs> like, hey man, check out this wagyu ribeye bone-in steak. I mean, I'm like, Jesus man, cool. that's fucking
1: great. And I think they just like the fact that not only are they getting something they could cook on that's going to taste good, but like that's a piece of history in your hands. This Dude, it is from is. the 1800s, and man. It's like
0: it's like a tortoise and an African gray parrot. You're going to die before this thing does. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like Remember, yeah. That? remember uh, to 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 kind of like stray off here. There was a, a post I shared with Tyler. It was the world's oldest tortoise. He was born uh, in like 1830 or something Jonathan like that, or something. Jonathan. And somebody wrote, "Oh my God, how old, do- are you sure his name is Jonathan? And somebody I like wrote, "Yeah, somebody wrote, somebody wrote, yo, he's like the third Jonathan that ever existed, <laughs> bro, like <laughs> ever." Yeah. So to have, how about this new name everyone's throwing yeah, around, Jonathan? Jonathan. <laughs> oh, this is the new cool name. Yeah, it's the Braden of the eighteen um, hundreds. <laughs> so for somebody to have something that you you're literally holding, saying, "Hey, th- th- what I the the word I like to use is is heirloom quality." Yeah. Which is also being used by companies making new cast iron, which is, I don't know. You can't say uh, that yet. You can't say that yet. Can't say what? Heirloom quality. If you're a new company, how do we know how long your shit's going to last? No, you yeah. can say that about Erie and Griswold because they're over hundred years old. Some of them, yeah, right. I'm looking at this pan from from 1920s, oh,
1: yeah, from 1906, the 1920s, 1906. Yeah, yeah. It's obviously been
0: around in somebody's kitchen for at least 60 years. Yes, twice. Yep. And a fun, <laughs> a <laughs> really know? fun episode that I want. I'm really looking forward to doing is the transition from Erie to Griswold and how they like oh, the played story, around yeah, with those logos and like the story of why they changed it. And one of the partners that originally started Griswold. How they branched off. There's so much rich history in this stuff.
1: See, and that's that's going to be super interesting to yeah. stick around and listen to, especially if you have one of those in your uh, on your stove. Yep, and I've so. learned
0: I, some of this. I have learned from some super old timers, like Smoky Mountain dudes, like down in like. Like flea markets and, and antique shops in the middle of the of middle of nowhere yeah. dude like some cool I'll share some adventure stories of where I picked pans from and stuff like that but there's so much history here and it just I, I just think it's a psychological thing where it makes your food taste better to know like hey man I'm cooking this on a pan that's 115 years or- old That'll be a really good topic for next episode. We're gonna do like uh, restoration and maintenance, just yeah. to get into um, you know helping you figure out what you have, and then we'll get into the history of all this stuff. We'll get into some recipes. We'll get into some of the you know collaboration stories and some of the, some of the new brands of cast iron too. I have a ton of new brands of cast iron that I am thrilled to be oh, working the video
1: with. Video series we did remember yes you yeah. yes and
0: there I'm still working with some of these companies and you know being in the metal industry myself I really got a really good idea uh, as to who's doing what right, And, and everybody's just so happy and positive. It's just an awesome community to be part of, and I appreciate you... Uh, if you're still listening at this point, I appreciate you listening to episode one of podcast iron. Check out cast iron Kyle on Instagram, cast iron underscore Kyle on Instagram for all of my reels and my recipes and everything I got going on. And also if you want to see the products that I use in my kitchen and my garden and in, in my home, you could check out cast and click my recommended products tab. And also there is a tab to email me directly with any questions or anything you want to see on the show. So you just, you just let me know. Whatever you want to say, we'll talk about it.